BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome, new listeners, to I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. I have been doing this podcast since April of 2013, and I have always been a podcast fanatic. I love listening to podcasts. I love hearing people talk about their lives. And the reason I started this podcast was at the time, I was on a TV show called Chelsea Lately, where I was appearing nightly, making jokes about celebrities. And then people could also see me on Drunk History, where I was getting wasted talking about history. And nobody really seemed to know who I was. Did they think people thought I was drunk like that all the time? Or they thought, oh, Jen only cares about Lindsay Lohan. And I felt like, you know what? I really want people to know who I am. And unfortunately, when I was on the road a lot, people would be at my shows screaming out, let's get drunk or whatever. And I thought, oh, they don't really know me. I'm not that fun. And so as a joke, I said, I'm going to do a podcast called I Seem Fun, meaning, but I'm not. And then I called it the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast because it was supposed to be a once a week and it still is solo podcast where I talk about what went on with me during the week, whether it's serious or silly you know, kind of curmudgeon-y complaining, whether it's something going on in the world, something political. I've cried on this podcast. I've taken you guys deep into my life, breakups and get-back-togethers and family stuff. It's just like your friend talking to you who's rude and doesn't let you get a word in edgewise. And it's off the top of my head every week. I prepare briefly the topics I want to talk about, but that's it. It's just a fun free-for-all where you can just see the real me. And, uh... I hope you enjoy it. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can listen on Google Play. You can listen on Stitcher. You can listen on SoundCloud. And uh, I'll give you a review from the Onion AV Club. What makes I Seem Fun? The Diary of Jen Cockman. See, I can't even advertise my own fucking show. What makes I Seem Fun? The Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast funny is Kirkman's inherent knack for cultivating conflict, even talking into a microphone in a room by herself. Whether she's dissecting a negative iTunes review from an angry Christian or seriously considering a class action lawsuit against Robin Thicke for being gross, Kirkman is eternally embattled, but she tempers her cynicism with sweetness, and more often than not, she's right. That is from the Onion AV Club. So if you're curious, well, I guess you can start with this episode and go through the backlog. 
If you want to stay, here comes the podcast. You're about to get on the ride. I see Seem fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast, episode 241. Happy 4th. Today's sponsors are Suave, Talkspace, and Away Luggage. I will be, uh, as you are hearing this, away with my Away Luggage. So there you go. Doing anything fun for the 4th? No, I'm going to see my mom who's having some surgery. Not not life or death surgery, but very painful stuff on her wrists. And uh, as you know, you usually can't do a lot with the part of your body that has been surgerized. And so I believe I'm going home to help. Although my family is like, we don't need the help. I don't know what you're talking about, but whatever. I'm going, I'm going. So... Anyway, welcome to the I Seem Fun podcast, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. Give this thing five stars if you want to. Write a review that says, I'm just here to have fun. I don't know why. Um, You can hear us on Libsyn or Google Play. We are on Spotify now. Go back to SoundCloud. I think you can hear all the way back to the very first episode, which I think was spring of 2013. Five years of this. Five years. Um, go to jenkirkman.com and click on the, um, button that says podcast and you can look at what all recent episodes have been about. You can click on the image and it'll take you directly to subscribe on iTunes. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at I seem fun podcast. I still have a Facebook page until they take that shit down. I'll use it. Facebook.com slash I seem fun. Again, episode descriptions are up there. Extra things, extra little photos are just fun things. And you can interact with each other and write comments. And I always check it and write back. And, um, that is fucking that. I hope you enjoyed our listener advice episodes. I hope people felt like they, um, got things in their life solved (laughs) by listening to me and my friend, Allison Castillo. Um, Yes, and if you... Hang on one second. Oh, God. Oh, God. Sorry, I'm grabbing my folder. If you so enjoyed uh, said podcast, uh, you can show my friend some love and send her a tweet over at... I just always forget how to spell it, how she spells it. Um, Why does she make it so hard for me? No. Oh, her Twitter is at Allie Stillo, at A-L-L-I-S-T-I-L-L-O. Show her some love. Tell her you loved her advice. And uh, again, I am at I Seem Fun Podcast. Okay, folks. So today we have sort of a half and half episode. I did a live lab test at the Hollywood Improv Lab sold out show. And this time, everybody who had tickets showed up. I was so impressed. I was really, it was 7 p.m. on a Friday night. Which, if you know L.A., the traffic is shit, unless you all worked in the area or something. And um, because everyone's leaving town, because it's the holiday weekend, because it's, you know, because it's the holiday weekend. So, um, I was very happy you all came out. Thank you for that. There are two more left for 2018. There's one in September, one in October. 
They're both on my website right now, jenkirkman.com. Click tour dates and uh, the room seat's 55. So get them, get them now. It's intimate. And I hope to be doing another big Christmas show this year. I should probably get on to booking that date. Also, a very special show is coming up in Brooklyn on August 20th. Um, I believe that Wednesday morning, July 4th, maybe, it goes on sale, which I'm not sure. That's what they told me. They said Wednesday, but now I'm like, wait, it's the holiday. But just stay tuned and join my email list. Go to jenkirkman.com. If you click on tour dates, right at the top of the page, you can click on how to join my email blast. So that is Union Hall. I'm doing two shows there in July, the 22nd, 29th. They're both sold out in advance. They do release like a handful of tickets at the door. So if you're locked out of those shows, definitely show up at the door that night. We could probably get you in. But if you want to wait until August 20th, I'm doing a full hour. And it's, uh, it's nothing you've seen on TV. But if you have seen me around New York in the past couple of years, uh, it's a bunch of stuff from all different shows I've done that I'm putting together in a more cohesive hour that has a theme about anxiety and war and taking care of ourselves in these times and childhood in the 80s. And um, hopefully that would be my next um, hour-long comedy special that I am not doing with um, the place I used to do them with. I think there might be a different avenue that I want to go this time, kind of try a different thing. Um, but I don't know when that's going to work out or when and who and how, but there will be people there coming to watch it. So if you want to be supportive, come and laugh and laugh and laugh. Although I don't think they're basing, um, doing a contract with me based on the amount of laughs. Although I I bet that does help, but they're going to watch the material because the next comedy special I do I want it to have more of a one-woman show kind of vibe. Almost the way like Colin Quinn's specials look on Netflix, like there's a set and it's like a whole theme. And that's kind of what I've always wanted to go for. And then maybe it can like sag onto like a little off-Broadway area. So that's sort of like what JK is working on in the JK background. Um, as she continues to write on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, as she, as I call myself, she. I have some exciting news out of my trip from London last week, but I cannot announce it yet. Well, it's not exciting, but it's like, it's pretty cool. But it's again, like prelim, and it just means I have work to do. Um, But it was a good trip. And thank you to all who came to my shows there. That was super fun. There was some weird guy who heckled me at the beginning and said that I am like the boring one from Friends, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, I mean, it's not a funny thing to say, and I, it actually ruined the show and my mood. Uh, I had him kicked out, which um, I always do. You get one strike and you're out. At comedy clubs, they say three strikes and you're out. I'm like, oh, so they can ruin the show three times? Um, that's not happening in JKville. So I just kick people out, even if they're like, I was kidding. It's like, well, you have to shut your mouth. Like, you do not speak at comedy shows. It is not. Nobody needs that shit. So anyway. Imagine it's like the ballet, and when someone as graceful and swan-like as me is on stage, how could you not? So anyway, today's episode, I did a live show at the Hollywood Improv Lab for my show Lab Test, and oh, and also the album version of Just Keep Living, which is my Netflix special. You can watch it. I am still getting written up best female comedy specials on Netflix right now. They still are only including my first one, which I hate. My voice is damaged. I get that the material is what everyone loves talking about, marriage and sex and blah. I thought my second special is so much better. It has to be because I had two more years experience performing around the world doing hundreds of hours of stand-up, 
and nobody ever fucking writes about it and it makes me cuckoo dookoo. So anyway, go to that, give it a thumbs up, but it will be coming out as an album um, probably in the winter, like probably in November, but it's going to be cool because you're going to be able to get like, you can buy it on iTunes, but I'm going to record like an extra, which is like me talking about each bit and being like, okay, that part's true. That part's not like just fun little insider stuff. So you can buy the whole album on iTunes that includes that new extra bonus thing. Um, or you can get a download card and I believe you'll get like a free poster and bumper sticker signed with it. Um, well not free You're paying like a little more for both, but you're paying a little less than if you'd bought the album and bought the poster and bought the bumper sticker. So there's some savings in there for you. I think at least uh, $15 worth. So that'll be funsy dunsy. Um, but all of that, I'll be back at my old record label, a special thing records. I'm very excited. And, um, again, we're working on all of that now takes a while to put together and then I'll be in New York, which doesn't help. So we're looking for maybe some kind of November ish release. Again, you guys will always be the first to know. And then anyone on that old email blast of mine. All right, cool. Cool. So anyway, can I keep starting the same sentence over and over? This episode, part of it is recorded live at the Hollywood Improv Lab on my June 29th show at 7 p.m. I went into an extended riff on how I am going all around America and the world asking people for matches in order to light candles. I know I've talked about matches on this podcast before. You know that I have a matchbook collection. I've got a vintage Christmas one, and I've got like newer ones, and I just think they're fun. And, um, I don't like to put them in my suitcase cause I get paranoid and I think I need to just start. Sometimes I do. And sometimes I don't, but, uh, yeah, because anytime I go to a hotel or a restaurant and ask for matches, people don't know what I'm talking. People don't even know what they are anymore. The younger kids, they don't know what matches are, but I had a fun conversation with the audience. You might not be able to hear what they're saying, but you can tell what they're saying by my reaction. And there were some young people that did know what matches were. One of them has only seen matches because she still lives with their parents. And another one was like, they still leave them on the counter at 7-Eleven, which made me feel better just about the world in general. So anyway, um, here we go, folks. Here we go. I was just reading through some of your emails. They're not um, asking for advice or anything. They're just funny. And so this woman wrote and I was dying laughing. It is a millennial complaining about another millennial, but this story, like, I don't, you don't even have to think about the age of someone. You can just think like, I'm going to blow, blow my head up with, this is just one of my favorite emails I've gotten in a long time. (laughs) Ah, It's about an office dilemma. I mean, it was very well written too. Dear Jen, please don't say my name. I'm an older millennial in my early 30s. I'm a lawyer. Oh, by the way, I know we can't say busy businesswoman anymore, so we're going to say worky working woman. That's so far what I've come up with. Somebody else wrote me, and they had a longer funny one that was like corporate woman. Do, but I think worky working woman is totally fine for the I Seem Fun podcast. And I hope, oh my God, is Christmas in July happening this year? Because that's what I will be doing. Hallmark Christmas in July Um, that's what I'll be doing, uh, on July 4th. Yep. Hallmark Christmas in July is back. July 13th. No, bitch. We need it. 
No, we need it on the 4th of July, you stupid idiots. The first weekend, July 13th through 15th, will feature Finding Santa, Christmas Next Door, and Coming Home for Christmas. And the following weekend, July 20 to 22nd, will include favorites like Christmas at the Holly Lodge, Switch for Christmas, and A Gift to Remember. Look, I love all those movies, but I need them to be during July 4th. Sometimes people like to sit inside and not blow fireworks in the air. Ugh. Ugh, the world is so hard. I'm so pissed right now. Okay. Um, why am I getting texts from this? Uh, okay. So, uh, please don't say my name. I'm an older millennial. I'm in my early 30s. I'm a lawyer and work at a firm that's generally pretty chill as law firms go. I know that I probably made dumb mistakes at work in my early 20s, but I am constantly shocked by the lack of common sense that I see in the 24-year-old paralegal at work. He's worked here for two years. I wanted to share a recent exchange that is sadly not out of the ordinary for him and made me wonder, what the fuck is wrong with the kids these days? Her words, not mine. Don't go yelling at me. The situation. I was in a meeting with other associates and a partner and our clients were on speakerphone. I needed a document printed out, but I couldn't print the document from the meeting. I had my cell phone with my work email, but no computer. I could not leave the meeting because I had to be there to answer questions. The office is not huge, but is oddly configured. Long hallways, multiple floors, staircases. So it's not uncommon for people to email support staff from the conference room and ask them to print things, bring them to the offices, etc. In the middle of the meeting, I needed a document. So I emailed one of the paralegals from my phone and told him that I needed him to print out the document and bring it to me in the meeting. I told him which folder it was on in our system and what it was named. His first reply email, I can't find it. I had a version in my email, so I found it and forwarded him my email with the attachment and asked him to just print that version out. He replies, I saved it in the file. I reply, I don't want you to save it. Please just print it and bring it up for me. Silence from the paralegal. At this point, I'm scrolling through it electronically on my phone which was not ideal from the, for the circumstances. I needed the document printed out in my hands as soon as possible. After about 10 minutes of waiting for the paralegal to bring me the document, the partner, my boss, is like, where's that document? I had to tell the, the partner, my boss, that the paralegal is supposed to be printing it while trying not to sound like I was pissed off and not make everyone look bad because our fucking paralegal can't manage to print a document and bring it to us. I email the paralegal from my phone. Hey, can you please bring me that document? At this point, I'm kind of frantic. I needed the document in hand, hard copy, in front of me. He replies, I printed it. It should be ready for you on the hallway printer. Me, I can't leave this meeting. I need you to get the document and bring it to me. Him. Okay. 
No reply, no document, no communication for a good five minutes. Weird, because he walked right by the glass-walled conference room where I was sitting in the meeting, scowling at him through the walls, trying to work around reading a 20-page PDF on my phone. I email him. Can you please bring me the document? I'm in a meeting. I cannot leave the meeting, and I need the document in hard copy. His reply, I left it on your chair in your office. I wanted to scream. I emailed him back. Please bring it to me. I'm in the conference room. I cannot leave this meeting. I need the document. Please bring it to me and hand it to me. About five minutes later, what were you doing, pal? He handed me the document and walked out of the conference room, except he had only given me half of the document. He had to find the other half of the document he had printed, and we had another email exchange to instruct him to bring the rest of the document to me in the conference room and to put it in my hands and to not leave until I made sure I had what I needed. I stopped by his desk later that afternoon and was like, hey, I've had a job like yours before and I know the learning curve can be steep, but in the future, can you please try to follow instructions? I needed you to print out the document and bring it to me while I was in the meeting and I couldn't leave the meeting. I thought that was really clear from my email and I'm wondering why there was a miscommunication. He looked me in the eye and said, I just figured it wasn't super important because you could look at it in your email or whatever. I swear, Jen, I fucking swear. What the fuck is wrong with these people? I don't fucking care that you think I could have just read it in my email. Just fucking do it. And then she writes, to recap, a paralegal, when instructed to print a document and bring it to me, couldn't manage to find it. Printed it once I emailed it to him, but just left it on the printer brought the document to my empty office and stuck it on my desk chair. And then once he finally realized I needed him to bring it to me in my meeting, he only managed to bring me half of it. His rationale for this was that it didn't seem important because I could just look at it on my phone. This shit is why we cannot trust the younger generation to look after us when we die. I'm pretty sure that if you say my name, at least one other woman in my office will immediately know that I wrote into a podcast to complain about our support staff, so I'd like to remain anonymous. Please don't use my name. I will not use your name, but if there's a woman listening that you work with, she's going to recognize this. Understand. But I won't say your name. I can't. That made my head spin. I need, I need to go to therapy. I need to begin my therapy session that I have tomorrow. I need to do it now. Oh, my favorite sponsor, Talkspace. I got a fun email from a listener who said um, he had a screenshot on his phone from 10 months ago. Uh, he was on Grinder and texting with someone about Talkspace, which I think is funny. But you're like, what is Talkspace? In short, it is the online therapy company that enables you to improve your mental health from anywhere at any time. You go to Talkspace.com slash Jen right now. Talkspace.com slash Jen. That's T-A-L-K-S-P-A-C-E dot com slash J-E-N. And then if you sign up, you can use the code Jen to get $45 off of your first month and show your support for this show. Talkspace.com slash Jen. 
If you can't imagine fitting another appointment into your life with Talkspace, you don't got to. Therapy is as easy as sending your therapist a message. There's no commutes. There's no leaving your office. To match with a perfect therapist for a fraction, it really is a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com slash Jen. These are licensed therapists. You can choose from well over 2,000 people. And remember, you don't got to be all, oh my God, I'm so fucked up. You can go to therapy for simple strategies for stress management and living a happier life. And also, therapy's therapy. So if you do need to root around and get into those childhood memories, trust me, a Talkspace licensed therapist can help. Don't put it off. You are important. Even if you don't think you are, do it for someone else in your life. Talkspace.com slash Jen. Use code Jen to get $45 off of this podcast. And I will read you right now. This gentleman says... Uh, this is what he was texting with someone on Grinder, and uh, his date, I guess, was saying, am I joking or crying out for help? I don't even know. And then my listener wrote, let's go to Talkspace.com, the online therapy company that puts you in touch with a real licensed therapist for just a fraction of the cost. And the other guy wrote, oh, that's dope. I did a project on that website in one of my psych classes. He said, oh, really? I've been listening to Jen Kirkman's podcast for so long. That sponsor bit is burned mentally into my head. See? There you go, Talkspace. Men on Grindr are, are, are meeting for sex and then not actually meeting because they just end up texting about Talkspace instead. So there you go. We're getting, we're getting through to people. We're getting through to people. Um, yeah, so I had some other fun emails that, that people sent that were just, they're just making me happy and I just wanted to read them. Um, Oh, and you know what? Somebody said, uh, hi, Jen, the way you described depression and tendencies towards suicide in a past episode gave me an immeasurable amount of comfort. I have never, really never heard anyone be so spot on with regard to the feelings one experiences in those dark times. As much as I look forward to your weekly I Seem Fun podcast, this particular episode is a keeper. I'm going to be seeing my best friend who lives in New York City this weekend, and I plan on playing this for her. What you said about people never truly knowing another, it's the God's honest truth. As one who is a star at putting on the best face every day for work, for the person at the checkout line, for friends. I know that no one knows my shadow self. I've contemplated suicide as recently as this past Christmas. Unlike you, I'm not a fan of Christmas. And I would be that person whom people would say, I had no idea. Thank you for understanding and most importantly, not being condescending and trite when it comes to this topic. I'm listening to the episode for a second time and just want to thank you for your wisdom and eloquence. Um, Thank you. Well, listen, I want you to understand that untreated, you know, I think that mind worm can get louder. And so be very careful. Um, I would look into to therapy if you can. Um, we got talk space, but I also, I'm definitely not the only, I mean, I, I feel that was the least articulate I've ever been. There's tons of other comedians that you can hear that talk about this stuff. Um, definitely get into Maria Bamford's comedy. Um, and, uh, also I'm such a big fan of the Jackie and Lori show. It's a podcast and, um, they had great things to say after the death of uh, Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade. I think it was on, well, it's on a recent episode. Um, So anyway, uh, I think that most people would say about anybody, I never really knew. Does that make sense? Because um, I even have an old friend that unfortunately did um, die by suicide. And she was really depressed and always talked about it. And there was still this disconnect with me who was like, yeah, but she talks about it so much. She's never going to actually do it. I mean, she also was getting help. Um, and I think if for her eventually, 
you know, we had lost touch. She had moved to the Pacific Northwest and not trying to be funny. Like that's why people kill themselves. But it was just, she she was isolated. She had a very strong diagnosis. Like I think she was bipolar and many other things. And she um, was not medicated and she was becoming paranoid, like legitimately paranoid and thinking people were out to get her and steal her dogs and do this stuff. And, and um, I think she, I mean, I lack an eloquent way to say she lost her mind. Like she lost control of her mind. And, um, but I didn't ever foresee that happening. Does that make sense? I always thought she was, um, just so, uh, not sad, but, um, all the things so depressed that, that I know that she wanted a way out, but she always had this little glimmer of hope and she always had this, um, sort of, you know, she had coping skills and she had therapy and she had friends and, and then, uh, something went something, but I think everyone would say, because everyone's in their own little worlds and in their own little heads. I think everybody would say about everybody. I never saw that coming. Even with Anthony Bourdain, where it was like, you know, he's an addict who isn't acting out in drugs. He still drank and he had his demons and he didn't really follow any kind of particular program for sobriety, which I think can be a big help. Uh, even people that knew him well, they were like, yeah, he had his demons. I didn't think this would happen though. It's like, people are really ignorant to it. People will always be in a small state of denial that that can happen to anyone they know. So, um, anyway, but everybody, please, it's really just, uh, now I'm into Dr. Kevorky and end of life assisted suicide. Like there's no need, if you have six months to live, there's no need to suffer. Like just get in that. Just get in that bed. I know Dr. Kevorkian's no longer with us, but um, I do think end-of-life rights are a big deal. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, well, that was... God, this... Well, not that this is depressing to talk about, but... Um, okay. Oh, yeah. So I mentioned that somebody mentioned... Okay, so this guy wrote me. Feel free to use my name. Dino. I had an out-of-body experience the other day on my way home from work involving a corporate woman with a full schedule. Thanks, John Mulaney. Okay, so we can't say busy businesswoman. I mean, we can't, but we have to give credit where credit is. Credit is I got to give credit. So we're going to say worky working woman. So he said, I was walking to Grand Central, peering inside the J.P. Morgan headquarters and contemplating how depressing, greedy, and soulless and masculine the lobby seemed. Then what to my wondering eyes did appear? A bustling woman carrying three bags, nearly sprinting out of the turnstiles. I instantly knew that she was a corporate woman with a full schedule and was on her way to catch her true love. In my mind's eye, I saw her rushing to meet her true love because at the last second before he boarded his train, she decided that romance was more important to her than whatever's bullshit meeting she was in the middle of. I imagined her running down the platform, throwing her bags on the ground, and after saying a three-word phrase that was planted earlier in the film, passionately kissing her true love. All of this happened in my mind in about one second, and I couldn't help but smile all the way to the train, knowing that I had just encountered a busy bit, sorry, corporate woman with a full schedule. I just wanted to share that little moment with you. I've been listening for about four months, so your gay audience is growing. He says, I'm 21, if that data point matters to you. No, it doesn't. <laughs> all ages, welcome. Except you're going to have to listen to me and go, what is wrong with you kids not knowing what matches are? Um... Okay, people, people, it's summertime. It's the time of year where your hair gets crappy. You're swimming and it's turning colors in the pool. Or it looks good with all that salt spray or salt you get in the ocean. 
but you got to wash that shit out. It's very hard, I feel, to have silky hair in the summer, but I'm doing it because I'm using my Suave. I personally use Suave Damage Repair, Suave Coconut Oil Infusion. I love the way that bleaching my hair on the ends makes my hair look and then putting a little like wave in it with my hot tools, but I hate the damage that it causes me. That's why I started giving it well, I mean, look, I'm no I'm a I'm a grown woman on the on the television. I've always treated my hair well, but I'm always trying new things and I was blown away by Suave's new product. So I started specifically giving it a little love with Suave coconut oil infusion shampoo and conditioner. That's right, Suave people. It smooths my hair, it makes it look so healthy, it's shiny, it actually works, but don't take my word for it. Suave has a money back guarantee. So go out and buy it, try it for yourself. Suave for hair that you can believe. Get out there. Um, somebody wrote back to me about so last week on the show, um, we had a listener who wanted to know what to do with fifty thousand dollars. And we had a reader who wrote in some advice to him. So I'll I'll read her advice. Um, She said, I'm sending this email in response to the young man with the $50,000 in savings, wondering what he should do to change his life to perhaps make his life more fulfilling. My first response would be investment for retirement. But as he describes his personality and his savings technique, I have the feeling that he has already done that. I don't know anyone who regrets world travel or even traveling the 50 states and seeing all the amazing things that our country has to offer. It is true. It is so beautiful all over this damn country. It's crazy. Like Arizona is just like a miracle when you go through all the different parts of it. It's astounding. And so is every state. I'm just, I've gone, I think I've been to all 50 I may not have gone through the Dakotas, which I, I know are stunning as well. But, oh my God, this country is the freakiest, deakiest. Like, it is so many climates, so many different trees, so many different... It is just unbelievably gorgeous. It's the most just gorgeous. Um, if he's looking for a way to get back to his community, you can always set up a scholarship for a high school student that meets certain requirements, and it could be an annual scholarship for, say, a low-income student that he can feel good about himself and his money giving back to the youth of the community. I guess if I had that kind of money and my bills are all paid, um, that I would take my dream vacation of one month in Alaska with my husband and my three sons. But that's just my dream. Where are the places that he's always dreamt of going, learning, and vacationing? I don't know. I don't know. She also wrote some advice to the 19-year-old college student. So thank you. Thank you, Beth. I'm going to say your name. Beth, thank you. Uh, She says, I'm writing this in response to the young man who sent you the email about college. He was 19 years old. He didn't know what to do, Um, but he's going to college for free. I have to agree that going to college for something in the entertainment industry or film industry would be in his best interest. Perhaps his father thinks that having an accounting degree or an English degree to fall back on is his plan B concept. It would have been nice to have a little bit more information. That all being said, I am the mother of two college students, and I am also going to college. I did not finish college when I was 19 to 20 years old and regret it full-heartedly. However, now I do know what I want to go to school for at the age of 40 plus. 
I also agree with you that he needs to go to school for something that he's passionate about, interested in, or it's a serious waste of time, energy, and money. I gave my children guidance about perhaps what school would fit them best with their interest for a major. And if they change their major four, five, six times throughout their college experience, I really can't judge that because those classes may help them decide, yes, this industry is for me or no, not for me. I wonder if his dad is old school, thinking that a four-year college degree will get you a better pay entry-level position, even at a Walmart, and it'll pay uh, the bills, but food on the table, have a roof over your head, etc. It really is a tough question to ask you and your listeners because we don't know you. This young man's life situation, the relationship he has with his father, or the goals that his father has for him since he is a 19-year-old doesn't seem to have direction for his life at this time, which many 19-year-olds do not have their life planned out completely and don't know which direction they want to go yet. So I feel like he's not alone in his quest for figuring out what he wants to do with his life. And he's not alone. And, you know, we go through that again at other ages. I mean, what I would tell young people, it may sound disappointing now, but you'll feel the freedom later. So in 20 years, you'll thank me. Whatever you think you want now, it may change. And I don't mean you're dumb, you don't know what you want, But as you keep living and sometimes you keep doing the same thing, if you like get into the industry you want now, like maybe it'll ebb and flow and you'll be like, oh, but now I'm interested in this. Like I was right. I was passionate about balloon making, but I didn't know that after 20 years of it, I wouldn't really be that interested anymore. So now I'm going over here. So, you know, we can all keep, it's just a beautiful journey. We really like to use your mind for, yeah, sorry. I don't even, what am I fucking talking about? Uh, speaking of journeys and going around the world, if you go around the world, spend some of that 50 grand on some away luggage. Now, again, I have every suitcase in every size. It's my favorite thing in the world. And the carry-ons have USB port chargers and you can charge your phone. And it's really, really fun because your suitcase stays charged. I mean, for like the longest time, I know that in the actual ad that I'm reading, they tell me how long, but I'm telling you, like I've charged my phone multiple times, uh, with the, uh, chargeable thing. It's really fun. Oh my God. Sorry. Away luggage. My recording just stopped and turned off and I almost had a heart, a toque because I was like, if I lost this episode, I'm going to scream. Anyway, away luggage is super awesome. I love it. I use, I have every size in sand. I highly recommend get yourself a matching three piece set. Listen to me. For $20 off of a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash fun and use promo code fun at checkpoint. Away uses high quality materials while offering a much lower price compared to other brands because they cut out the middleman and sell directly to you. There is the carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium, or the large. Um, They're all made with premium German polycarbonate unrivaled in strength and impact resistant. They're very lightweight. This is true. These things get thrown around by the guys loading the planes and, and yet everything feels so light and I pack and they have those great compression things inside. So you can fit a lot in there and then you pick it up and it doesn't feel overly heavy. They have 360 degree spinner wheels, which helps so much. You don't know when you're rolling through that airport and you have wheels, but they don't spin all the way around. You might as well not have wheels. Seriously. They have a removable, washable laundry bag inside that keeps dirty clothes separate. 
both sizes of the carry-on and both sizes of the carry-on really do fit in all airplanes. I've done it. They charge all cell phones, tablets, e-readers, and anything else that's powered by a USB cord. A single charge of the Away carry-on will charge your iPhone five times. That's it. Limited warranty if anything breaks. Oh, lifetime warranty, not limited. Sorry. Well, your life is limited. Let's be honest. Um, If anything breaks, they will fix or replace it for you for life. But when you purchase, you get a 100-day trial. You can live with it, travel with it. At any point, if you decide it's not for you, return it for a full refund. They don't ask any questions. Free shipping on any away order within the lower 48 states. They're compliant with all major U.S. airlines. If you're in town in New York City, go visit the away retail store there. I am obsessed with this suitcase. I will never use any other kind. Again, awaytravel.com slash fun for $20 off of a suitcase. Awaytravel.com slash fun for $20 off of a suitcase. It was founded by two friends from New York who found themselves at JFK with dead phones, delayed flights, and a bright idea, luggage with power. They're meant to be resilient, resourceful, and essential to the way that you travel today. And they asked thousands of people what bugs you about traveling, what bugs you about packing, and they designed a bag that solved a few of those major problems, sticky wheels and dead cell phones. So let's do it, people. Let's do it. Let's go away. Let's get away. Luggage. I know they said, Jen, we don't need you to make up a weird theme song for us. We just need you to get the facts out there. The facts are out there, people. Awaytravel.com slash fun. Look it. You're going to go away this summer. You're going to go away maybe, what, Labor Day weekend? Start now. Start now. Buy your awesome suitcase stuff now. Buy it now for when you go away for Christmas because you're going to be spending money on other people then. You're going to want to have some kick-ass luggage. Awaytravel.com slash fun. All right, now. All right, now. All right, now. When did you think I would say sweet leaf to you? Sing it or sing it? Um, I will read one last fun email. Uh, 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 uh. Somebody just wrote a funny um, email to me. Oh, someone needs advice. Oh, it's too long of an advice to get into now. Okay, okay, okay. Um, oh, well, this is a, a response to the woman who said she doesn't like when women change their last name when, when they get married. That was last week's episode. This woman uh, wrote in. Tessa. She said, I had to write in because my parents did almost the exact thing you suggested, which was that the kids would have one last name as a middle name and the other as a last name. My sisters and I all have our mother's last name and our father's last name is our middle name. I'm always secretly horrified when I find out women are changing their last names. I am 25, so it seems like this should have been fixed by now. I also think it is unfair that kids almost always have the dad's last name. That should at least be a topic of discussion and not an automatic assumption. Secretly, I also think it's women's turn to give the kids our name, but we should really be past the changing your own name thing. I love your podcast. I know, and people always go, oh, 
I had two girls, not a boy, so the family name dies here. It's like, A, who gives a shit the family name? And B, if the girls don't change their name and you let the kids have their name, then the family name doesn't die. And then also, get over yourselves. It's a fucking name. How about, aren't you just excited that you have two healthy children and that the family bloodline will keep going? Right? Am I right? I guess that's all I'm going to say right now. So enjoy the live clip from the um, Hollywood Improv Lab show on June 29th. It will end abruptly because, well, the guy taping it uh, didn't tape the last 20 minutes of it. Listen, kids today, what are you going to do? So enjoy the discussion about matches. And because you won't hear me say it at the end of the episode, I'll say it to you now. Until next week, have fun. Keep listening. I know I'm older, but I'm not old. I'm not trying to be the old lady before my time. I'm very young, blah blah because I'm going home to see my mom in a few days, and we'll talk about that in a second because there's an age difference there. So I know I'm not old. But I don't know what it is, and I really don't want anyone young writing me any more about it. There's a difference between people in their 20s and people in their 40s. I understand we might go to the same concert sometimes. I understand that in a midlife crisis, we might have had sex with the same people sometimes. Either your midlife or mine. I don't know. Sometimes you age up, you age down. I get there's overlap. Every generation is different than the one 20 years younger than them. It's just a fact of life. I don't have a problem generalizing in this area. But there's a, 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 I get a, a pushback when I do it. When I'm, I'm just telling you guys my experiences. And I promise for every example I have, I have 70,000 other ones. But I can't spend my life just giving on the examples, although I would love to. So, there, but I do think it has to do with technology and a thing. And I, I don't know. Something's different. I don't know what it is. I'm not saying it's bad and I'm right and they're wrong. I'm actually just going, oh, I see what it looks like good or bad, when your generation is being phased out. Now, what's weird is the generation above me, people in their 60s, the ones that are stealing the Supreme Court, per se, or (laughs) ruining the country, they seem to be phasing in. Like, they're phasing up, in, they're glowing. Like, they can't be killed. They can't be stopped. They don't die. I don't know what's happening. They run everybody's life everybody's life they run. I have no power, and I feel them overwhelming me and then young people pushing me out going, we don't care about things you used to know about. I'm like, I have interesting stories about season one of 90210. (laughs) So I'm really just speaking from a place of utter panic because Gen X is getting squeezed. We are one of the smaller generations, and nobody fucking likes us. And again, as I always say, they called us slackers because of the fashion, do you understand? Because of the fashion. We were angry. We were angry when Bill Clinton came in and didn't do what he said he was going to do, but did enough, did enough, but we were still angry. And then we were angry at the bushes and all that. But, but we, we went to the protests. We did the things. You just... We didn't have Instagram, so you have no proof. But I promise, we were very active. But we're getting squeezed by both generations. 
So millennials hate us. You didn't do enough. And baby boomers are just like, we hate everyone who isn't us. We don't even know there's different generations under us. Zero to 60, we just want them all to die. That's what those people are doing. So... So I'm being squeezed. So I'm going to talk about a couple things that happened recently with young people where I was like, I, I just don't know what to do anymore. Like, I don't, I don't know. So, um, I, so people don't know what matches are. Do you guys know what matches are? You strike. How many people here are under the age of 28 by round of applause? Have you experienced matches in the last five years? Are they a part of your life at all? I'm dead serious. Please applaud if matches are a part of your life under 28. They are. Okay. Is there a reason specifically? Do you, do you work with fire? Do you, do you see them around places? Lighting a candle. Now, where do you get your matches? At home. You live on your own. Uh, With your parents. That's why you have matches. (laughs) Does anyone else in their 20s have matches at home who does not live with their parents? Clap. Where do you get your matches? And they give them away at the counter or you buy them? That might be the last. Hold on to that. That is the last place. I didn't know this. Thank you. See? I've been running into some people who don't know what matches are. So I am on the road a lot. I'm telling you from the very elite, smart, college town, liberal haven of Bloomington, Indiana, all the way to even New York City, Brooklyn. Don't know what matches are. I'm telling... London, last week, didn't know. You guys... Listen to me. I'm going to tell you some things, okay? And these aren't just three people that are all related. I told you the different areas. It all came down to just a certain kind. Okay. Listen. Light, lighters are great. I think we need both. I don't know why. I just like matches. They make me feel like the fact that they're at 7-Eleven out just... There's something right about that. Like, when cars stopped coming with cigarette lighters, I was like, what? what?" Like, you just knew, like, the fun is ending, everybody. (laughs) If you want to have fun, do it on your own time, but we're not making it easy in the car. (laughs) And they still have a cigarette lighter thing, which I plug my iPod, iPhone cord into, and I could plug it right into the car, the USB port goes right in the, but I need that cigarette lighter thing adapter because I'm like I'm using that until they take it fully fucking away but I used to drive cars that had the actual thing the thing and then you open it and it's hot like a hot circle <sighs> do you know what I'm talking about no oh, oh you hot don't be mad at her this poor woman was born to a shit time. (laughs) And we need to embrace her and tell her how good it used to be. And in her mind, you can go back there anytime now. I tell you, have you ever seen the movie Heathers? Okay. Listen, why would she know? (laughs) Don't get mad. I'm not mad. Well, when you go home tonight, 
this is the easiest way to find out what I'm talking about. There's a scene with uh, Christian Slater, Winona Ryder. They were uh, people in the 90s. And, uh, and they're in the movie Heathers. And in this scene, they're in a car. And so there used to be a thing. It looked like a little like knob, and you would push it, and then you would pull it out, and it was a hot coil, and you would light your cigarette with it and put it back in. Well, she burned her hand with it. Very dangerous. You should not have this in the car. It wasn't childproof. You couldn't lock it. Everybody's sticking their fingers in hot coals, coils. But if you Google Heather's Winona Christian cigarette car, you'll see what one of those is. And you'll go, man, that looks fun. Just like when I was in high school, when I smoked, I bought those long cigarette holders that like Femme Fatale from the 1940s had. I'm like, it's a shame we don't have these anymore. And that is why I get sad about the younger generation is you don't know what the coil lighter is and you don't whimsically want one. You know what I mean? Like, there's no kind of, like, weird girl going to school now that's carrying one around. Well, I guess she wouldn't be able to light it, but anyway. You can't have affectations anymore because we throw away all the stuff that we used to have, and you... Anyway, so matches, matches, matches. So, I, I travel a lot, and I like to have candles in my hotel rooms, and I like the smell of candles. Now, you can't always pack matches in your uh, carry-on. I think you can, but I'm so paranoid that... Well, sometimes I don't bother my carry-on, but I just get paranoid that if the plane catches on fire, and they're like, did anyone bring matches that the shame... Like, I could save the flight if I go, I did, I did, and they could go, oh, we just need to get in there and blow them out. But the shame... <laughs> Of me going, I did. And then they're going, you weren't supposed to. Like, I would rather the plane go down in flames than me admit I brought the matches. I just, I like the smell of fresh linen in the hotel room. So anyway, um, I was flying. I went to uh, where, wherever I was. I think it was, it was, I was in Brooklyn. Because I've been living there for half the year for a job. And so I walked by a hotel lobby. And... That's usually a good place if, if, you, if you can't find a 7-Eleven. It used to be every restaurant had matches, you know, at the little place where you, um, the hostess desk or whatever, or a hotel lobby. And uh, I went down to the hotel lobby, and I was like, do you have matches? And the girl behind the counter goes, matches? And I'm like, matches. She said, like, tennis matches? <laughs> I said, no, I'm not looking for a competitive evening. <laughs> I just, I said, you know, like um, to light a fire. When that sounds weird when you're in a hotel. I said, or a lighter to light a candle. But I figured matches would be just more disposable. And she goes, I don't think we're allowed to have that here. And I was like, well, you are allowed to like light a candle. You just can't smoke in the room. She goes, oh. And I said, they used to have matches out at, like, hotel lobby. She goes, I don't think so. I was like, oh, not, like, it was, like, when I was younger and stuff. She was, like, not interested at all. And I was like, wow, I would be like, what a great story. Tell me more about the matches. <laughs> so then, I'm in London, and I'm thinking it's a language barrier, though we speak the same language, but with different accents. And I said to a guy, do you have matches? And he goes, well, and I go, matches to light a fire. And I, and I went like this. And he goes, like in the woods. And I go, he's like, like camping. And I go, yeah. 
He goes, well, no, in the city, we got, we don't got that. And I go, well, no, not like strike anywhere. It's raining, like I'm whittling stick. But like, you know, light a cigarette. He goes, oh, I just lighted off other people's cigarettes. I'm like, but where does the original fire come from? And then also, I'm not smoking right now, so I can't really like bum a cigarette, hope it lights magically, and then put my candle. I just, I'm trying to light a candle. And then he was like, he was like, I think um, this store called Boots, which is like Rite Aid. He's like, I think they might have something. So I went in there and I was like, do you sell matches? And they said like for the kitchen. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they go, no. And then she said, that would be more of a fabric store. I said, not swatches, matches, matches. And I just, I've been walking around America and the world going like this. So, and that's when I'm like, would it be like if, if an old person came up to me and was like, do you have a thimble? Like, it just is what? Because we still have thimbles, right? We put them on our thumbs when we sew. I don't sew, but do you know what a thimble is? Oh, well, you put it on, but you don't sew. Why would you know? Did you, from Monopoly, it was one of the fun pieces. When I was young, we played with thimbles and small irons on a game called Monopoly. So anyway. But see, also, my parents are older. Like, they were, had me at 39, and they're from the 50s. So I had a, like, I was kind of an older person when I was younger. Anyway, like, I was a generation behind what was actually happening, if that made sense. So, like... I had my sister's hand-me-downs from the 70s in the 80s. And then in the kitchen, it was only 50s oldies music. And so I was like, I love Doris Day. And people were like, I don't know what that is. So I've always been like, no one knows what I'm saying. But this time, I know that we're not so far away from matches having been a thing that grown-ups, you just grab a few in case you need them, your matches, you know? You never know what kind of night it's going to be. You go to your thing, and I don't know. And so... Matches was a thing. And then I walked, so I bought this shirt at Topshop. I was, again, sorry, there's food on it. I mean, I just put it on and I had a nacho before. A nacho. I had a plate of them. Um, Well, making it worse, aren't I? I I was at Topshop and I got it there. And, uh, you know, so war is over if you want it. And I appreciate they even have the font. That, so if you guys don't know this, this is what John and Yoko said um, in their song. So this is Christmas, you know, all those years ago. Please, anyone knows that song, right? Okay. okay, okay, okay. And so the chorus they're singing is, war is over if you want it. And then in the Times Square, they put up a big billboard that said, war is over if you want it. Now, we can have a philosophical discussion all fucking day about what it means. What does it mean? Uh, it means, hey, government, you could end this fucking war if you wanted to, but you corporate, blah, blah, making it right. Then there's like, in your mind, war is over if you want it. Like, what if we all just wanted it? It'd be over, right? Uh, war is over if you want to work for it. It means so many things. It's, a, it's, a, it's one of those things you can look at in many different ways. I find it very, just a lovely spiritual thing. Now, of course, we're in those kind of wars all the time now that they just go on. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, ah, there's a war over here, and there's a little, a little war there. There's not like, uh, it, it's not like it used to be where we're all freaking out about one thing. I'm not saying that's good. I'm just saying. Uh, so anyway, I rented a car. The, so I had to, I was in New York the other day, and I had to go to upstate New York, and I rented a car. And I walked in, and it was a younger gentleman. 
And he goes, uh, he was very confronted by the shirt. And he goes, uh, what war? Like I was coming in to like take him to go, well, come on. And I go, oh, well, I mean, there's lots of wars, but this is like a vintage saying. And he goes, I don't get it. Would you, if you want it? I go, well, you know, it's John Lennon said it. They're saying it. And he goes, I go, well, no, I know. Not everyone knows the song. And it's actually buried in the chorus of a Christmas song. He goes, John Lennon, I don't know. I'm on 83rd in fucking Amsterdam. Minutes from where he was assassinated. I said, oh, he was killed. Just a short pop skip and a thing over here. He was shot. Out The guy from the Beatles, he goes, I know the Beatles. I go, okay. The cute one was killed. Um, or maybe, oh, this is very controversial. You think Paul's the cute one. Paul's the cute one, but John's like the hot one. You know what I mean by the cute one. I mean, Paul's cute. He's like, doodly-doo and all that. But like, John's like, John's not, not the cute one. George Harrison, very handsome. Even Ringo, growing old into a great style. All very... To me, Paul McCartney, the least attractive of the Beatles. Just going to say. And not because he's older. When I look back, I go, never was my thing. I'm sure he'll be devastated. Don't let it get back to him. So, anyway, he didn't know what it was, wasn't interested, and didn't like the confusing message. He goes, how can I control the war? I'm like, well, I think that's sort of the conversation they were trying to start in the time. And the, I just need the car. <laughs> and so... He said I, he didn't know who he was. And there's not a sense of shame. Like, I've had people bring up the dumbest fucking people to me. Like, do you know who Montana Hoosie was? And I'm like, no. And they're like, he did one B movie in 1912. And then he died on a ranch. And no one ever knew him. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. I don't know who that is. I must be living under a rock. Like, anytime I don't know something, I'm like, oh, my God, I just need to get out there more. But I'm like, John Lennon, the preeminent person, like, the Beatle that moved to New York, like, the, th- the strawberry fields. And, it, the, and he's just like, mm, just like, you're, like, I'm the dumb bitch for having anything in my head that is longer than from five minutes ago, you know? Um, So I don't know what, I don't know. See, my problem isn't with these people. Like your parents raising you right. They have fucking matches. They have matches out and about. They're not going to just let you tell them how to live, right? You don't come home with flamethrowers going, Elon Musk made this. They're like, we still use matches, right? They're sharing a piece of history with you so that you can be a well-rounded woman. But I don't know the age group. I'm still trying to figure out who raised the people who don't know anything that happened before five minutes ago. And so I, I know I sound like the old lady, and I know I am, but I'm trying to figure out what we can do about it together. So I went to get my hair done at this place in, in New York, and um, the, the, the girl doing my hair, was she was great. Uh, and then there was the woman that was uh, doing the... She was, like, assisting and, and washing the hair and stuff like that. And um, she, it was uh, some Memorial Day weekend. And she was like, do anything fun this weekend? And I was like, oh, I was like, no, I don't do fun things. Um, or I do, but like not at the allotted time. You know how it is. Like, look at all, we're all here this weekend, right? Clearly. Um, well, it's like the holiday weekend. Everyone's gone. Like, you know, the 
July 4th now used to be like a day you had off. Now it's like from June 28th until November 4th, I'll be out of the office for the July 4th week. Like no one is like I went to the ER. They're like, sorry, it's July 4th. And it will be for four months. Like no one can do it. You can't do anything for the next four months. And then the minute everyone gets back, they'll be like, do you have that thing? Do you have that thing? Do you have that thing? The stress on July 9th that collectively America will be feeling, I have no time for. Like, I'm glad I don't have that kind of job because I can't relax knowing that people go on vacation until midnight the night before on Monday. And then they just open emails and just... Ah. So, anyway... What was I saying about the, what was the old ladies? Okay, so the young woman washing the hair. Doing anything fun this weekend. I said, honestly, no. It's my weekend. I work full-time during the week, and I like to just, you know, do my thing on weekend. Go to Pilates, get my hair cut. She goes, oh, she goes, this is my 21st birthday, so my friends are coming in from out of town. And I'm like, oh, well, that's cool. And she's like, yeah, we're going to get so drunk. I'm like, can I ask a dumb question? I'm like, you already go out and drink, though. Like, you have a fake ID or something. She's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, so it's not like truly the first time you've been let into a bar. It's just fun that you're 21. She's like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And uh, she's like, you know how it is. I'm like, I cannot remember. <laughs> like, I do not remember what I did on my 21st birthday. Not like in a fun, drunk way, but it was just because it was 24 years ago. And like certain things you don't, like somebody was like, remember your third grade teacher? And I was like, I think so. And then I was like starting to worry that I was molested. Like, why don't I remember my childhood? And somebody goes, because it was 35 years ago. I go, oh, I feel so much better. Like, that's why I don't remember my childhood. Because as you get older, you have to let some things, your brain only has so much space. That's why I'm worried that people already don't know what matches are. <laughs> anyway, whatever. So she goes, what do you mean it was 23 years ago? I go, I'm 44. She goes, it was like a movie where, I didn't see the movie, but everyone was talking about it, where Julia Roberts and, and uh, Owen with the blonde hair, Wilson. Wilson, are very nice, and there's a boy who he has, um, like, wonder. And he has, I don't know what's wrong with him, he's disfigured in some way or something, but, but like, everyone's crying because he learns the true meaning of beauty, and he tells kids at school, and they just, every scene in the trailer is them looking at him or, like, like Close Encounters or, or some kind of movie where you're just looking at something and you're like... <sighs> she did that to me. She dropped the hose that she was washing my hair with. And she, she, she picked it up and she looked at me and she goes, you're 44, I guess. She goes, you're, you're beautiful. <laughs> you're beautiful. Like she was shaking. Like the shroud of Mary came to life or something, or just a disfigured child walked by who had no self-esteem. Hey, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. You have a lot to teach people. No wonder you're not doing anything fun this week, and you're too important. I can't believe you're walking around. Oh, my God. Someone else has to condition her. I'm overwhelmed. It's... And I said, I am old enough to be your mother. And she goes, my mother's not even that old. Her slutty mother. No. 
Her mother maybe had her at 21. Anyway, I said, I don't, I said, I do know I look a little young. There's people who are my age that look older. But in general, this is what 44 looks like. It's not 94, you know? It's not that weird. And she's like, it's just the emboldened attitude of like, I'm the now, like, what if I didn't look good for my age? Who give, like, do you know what I mean? Like, who cares? Like, I've been, like, Honestly, I thought she was 38. I didn't want to say anything. But that's because I don't know how old anybody is. I think everybody is 35 and older. Unless you're like shitting your pants in a bassinet. Is that the word? Bassinet? Bassinet. I'm like, is that a kind of dog? No, that's bassinet. Okay. I assume everyone's 35. So I, I don't know. But I just don't remember doing that to people in their 40s when I was younger. I wasn't like, what's that? You're 50? How do you do it? Like, how do you? I'm just blown away because I, you seem happy, but there's no way you could be because you're 50. So anyway, um, I went to, if it makes you feel any better with what's happening in America, I was just in London and they have, uh, urinals on the street that men were peeing in. So just imagine, and there's, it's like, it's like a big thing and there's four. So you can stand, someone stands here, someone stands here, someone stands here. And they just pee in the street, broad daylight, just peeing in the street. Cause they have to watch the world cup and drink a lot of beer. And so I walked by and I go, are you peeing? He's like, yeah, and like no shame. And there's just things outside on the street. Like we need Men are not feeling secure enough taking their dicks out in public. We must put urinals in the street for the... But there was nothing for women to go in. There wasn't, like, outhouses or anything. But I just want you to know, in case you ever feel Europe is condescending to you, they're peeing in urinals in the street, okay? So everywhere is terrible, except maybe Paris. But none of us can live there. And so we have to deal with what we have. Um, And if you can live there, I would recommend going and not coming back.